0: Welcome to the health KPI podcast. Today we have with us Sarah Vittore. She is a peak performance coach, but she has faced challenges navigating multiple autoimmune illnesses that really manifested in ways that included like wrist, um, wrist disease that required surgery. She had hip and back pain, extreme fatigue, and from really, really high levels of stress and overwhelm. And she was determined to prioritize her health and well-being. And she made this really brave decision to leave her old career. And her journey through um, what she will tell us ended up with her getting into helping with peak performance now. Um, she has really dedicated a lot of what she do does to the nervous system. So if you've heard me chatting about the nervous system, you know we're really going to be diving into some of that today with Sarah. And she has really been um, taking a lot of her work in order to now become a somatic experiencing practitioner and peak performance coach. She is very, very passionate about guiding individuals on her journey towards expanding their Capacity and their ease in navigating their career, their high powered careers, and their work life, as well as their home life. She has supported athletes, leaders, entrepreneurs, lawyers. You were telling me all of these high level um, corporate busy individuals in really getting them to navigate the complexities of their personal and professional lives while. Um, without succumbing to burnout or overwhelm, and and overcoming certain blocks that may be actually stopping them from even advancing further in their career and doing more of what they want to be doing in their life, she is a level two Melt Method instructor um, where she provides support for connective tissue care and nervous system health. So you're getting this nervous system piece in there. Um, Sarah is also a somatic educator and leads um, your with Lead Yourself Youth and a mentor coach where she's sharing her wisdom and insights with others in her field. So she is coaching others in what she does with these high level performance individuals. So today Sarah has agreed to tell her story um, with diving into the nervous system and And then telling us what she does now with these individuals to help them with their peak performance. So, Sarah, thank you for coming. Um, We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for that introduction. That was beautiful. I really appreciate you inviting me on and
1: being here for this conversation.
0: Yeah. So it's fascinating because uh, both of our stories led us into what we do and we're both working with people that do want to achieve that peak performance. So let's dive into your story first. What did get you to leave your job one day Yeah, and, and transition?
1: Sure. So I grew up just type A, (laughs) and always, you know, doing the right thing, there was a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And so I, you know, went to high school, went to college, and my senior in college, I got pregnant, surprise. And so it kind of, started to take me on a more windy road uh, around identifying sort of what I want and what I need versus what everybody else had wanted of me. And I went to school to be a guidance counselor while I was a single mom uh, at at night and so, uh, Right from an early age, all the way into sort of my young adulthood, I was just constantly doing, I would say I was stressed out, but I wouldn't say it was like an anxious mess. I was just doing, there was always something to do and a to-do list to make and the next step to go. And I just, you know, didn't stop. (laughs) And so I uh, went to school to be a guidance counselor. And so I, after that program, I immediately got a job and stepped into the school and went, Oh, no, I don't want to work in a system. No one told me about system politics. Nobody told me that people were going to be sort of more, say, confrontational, there's like a lot of conflict in a guidance counselor role, you're at the same sort of equivalent as a teacher, but you're you know, at the same level as administration because you're navigating different pieces and you're advocating for kids and you're dealing with parents and teachers and there's a lot of conflict. So I quickly recognized that it was not what I wanted to be doing, but found myself in this career. And my father, who's an internationally known sports performance consultant who works with athletes and performers who have blocks or fears, said, oh, hey, come and work with me. You can leave at some point and start your own private practice. So I started to um, think about, oh, I could, I have an out, And I went through the somatic experiencing training, which is a somatic-based training, so soma meaning body, so really looking at the body and the nervous system and how we're wired as mammals and how our survival mechanisms and those automatic programs and processes are driving our behavior, our patterns drive how we show up in our relationships. And I started to do that training while I was at the school as a guidance counselor, And that first year, I I stepped right into it. So my first year, I signed up for that training. It's a three-year training. And through that training, I realized how shut down I had been. I started to identify all the ways. So shutdown often can look like I'm depressed and I can't get off the couch, but shutdown also, there's a high-functioning shutdown where we're just caught and stuck and we can't get off the, the hamster wheel, so to speak. So I started to do this training. And when you're in these trainings, you work on yourself and you look at your patterns and how your body's showing up. And I started to really recognize how much I was overriding in terms of what my body was really asking of me. And I stayed at the school through this training and started to um, notice that my body was expressing in different uh, ways. <laughs> Our body gets loud when we don't listen. So I was starting to get diagnosed with different autoimmune illnesses. I was, you know, bounced around to different doctors who were saying nothing was connected, but of course we live in a body that's one thing. So it's, it's all connected. So I was diagnosed with some rare risk disease. I was diagnosed with undifferentiated connective tissue disorder, which basically means autoimmune and they don't know what it is. So they're going to just label at this thing. you know so all sorts of very bizarre things were showing up and I started to get more stressed out because I was you know working at this job and wanted to do a good job. I was working a lot at night. I had um, uh, had just gotten married at that point and had a second child. so um, so I was you know I had maternity leave through this through the time as a guidance counselor and I was at the school about five years. Where before, basically, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I need to take medical leave. And I had finished the somatic training. So I was feeling more ready that I could step in to do some work as a performance coach, as I had been training with my father this whole time. And so I decided to take medical leave so I could tend to myself and tend to my body. And when I did that, I just, there was no going back. I mean, being able to design my own schedule, being able to be in my own rhythms with what I needed for sleep, what I needed for nutrition, what I needed for hydration, just couldn't be transferred back to that profession. And so really starting to step into my own practice and my own work. And this is my, I'm wrapping, this year will be my seventh full year. So finishing my seventh year in in business myself of, working with athletes. I work a lot with athletes. I work a lot with performers and entrepreneurs who have fear, who have blocks, um, fear of visibility, fear of being seen for a lot of those entrepreneurs or higher powered CEO type profiles. And then athletes and performers who have negative thinking and doubts or are performing better during their rehearsals and practices than they are executing in competition Really helping people fill those those gaps in and bridge what's happening so that they can really optimize their body and really optimize how we're wired, our organic intelligence, so that we can show up and hold a lot and do a lot and really be in our power. And so I've been doing that piece. And then also working a lot as what I would call a somatic coach. So working with folks who are really wanting to learn how to have more ease in their bodies. So I have a hands-on practice where I see people on a table, but I also do coaching to help people learn about their nervous system so that we can really get our nervous system working in the way that it's designed to without, you know, before we mess it up (laughs) in our childhoods and our lives and all the trauma gets that gets stacked. But we have really impressive, amazing organisms that we're occupying our bodies and they're wired a certain way. And when we can harness their cycles and we can really give the whole body and energy system what it needs, we really can do very amazing things and stretch ourselves in really incredible ways. And that doesn't happen if we're never stopping (laughs) that doesn't happen if we just keep ignoring what's showing up and so I yeah I help people interrupt that and figure out where they're getting hooked and how we can help rewire and reprogram bodies and brains
0: amazing um I've taken notes there's questions that I do have things that you said so first off somatic the word somatic what does that mean for anybody listening that is not aware of what somatic means Yeah. So soma means body.
1: So somatic is really the exploration of the body. So from my lens, somatic has to do with our nervous system, because our nervous system is governing, it works in tandem with our connective tissue system, and it makes sure that we're supported and protected and stabilized. It makes sure that we're kept safe and that we are belonging and connected with others and so so somatic is really the exploration of the the body system
0: yeah so in what you just said how so i'm trying to word this in a way that i'm not giving it the answers yes uh, so you could so how does you just said to keep us safe but also to protect us and do things how does the nervous system do that in our body like make break sure. this down really yeah yeah
1: wow. so because we're mammals that um is sort of the foundation of our wiring we're wired just like any mammal is out in in nature and so we're wired for one sole purpose and that's to survive and so our survival is taking precedent over whether or not we want to speak in front of 100 people or whether or not we want to like try skydiving or for the divers, jump off the diving board, right? If our system, our body is sensing danger in any way, and I'm going to put danger in quotes because danger could be actual danger, right? Like when a diver or a gymnast is doing a skill, those things are, are dangerous to the body. We're not designed as mammals to fit, flip and twist off a board head first into water, right? So so, when our body senses danger, we have automatic protective programs that kick online for us. And so, many of you listening, I'm sure, have heard if you're on social media, that there are lots of buzzwords these days, right? So, our body kicks into either a fight response, we're gonna fight whatever danger is coming at us. Our body moves into a flight response, we run away or avoid. And our body can move into a freeze response, which is where we're hesitating or feeling stuck and we can't move. That shows up in like procrastination or in certain sports or even in uh, singing or musicians that I've worked with. It shows up in like, I lose my voice as a singer. It shows up and I can't like literally get my body to move off the diving board. I can't get my dive to go. So freeze can show up in lots of different ways our systems can move into sort of something called fawn or appease where we're like just making sure everybody else around us are okay and all that and that's how our behavior is you know making sure that like we're not going to upset anybody, so we have these automatic programs that Are there. And so when our body is sensing danger, these things come up automatically and they are shaped also over time from our experiences that we've had, from the family systems that we've grown up in, from our ancestors' wiring. So our parents and our grandparents and their grandparents, all of that is already programmed when we come into the, into the world around how we're going to be safe. So we have some default responses. So for me, both my parents grew up in pretty traumatic households. So from initially my wiring was like, I worked really hard to not make sure no one was mad at me. Mm -hmm. Like that was really how I just was always a little bit on edge or a little bit worried that someone was going to be mad. And that was from like, my mom would tell me stories when I was two, I would crawl towards something I shouldn't and she'd just look at me funny and I would move the other way. So we come in with some of these patterns already and then others are forged through our Lives, we get kind of imprinted based on our experiences. We might have been embarrassed at school or, you know, for showing up in a certain way. And so now I'm scared to sort of speak my truth or set a boundary. So there are all these different ways that these survival mechanisms kind of play in our lives and interrupt us from functioning and operating the way that we want to. And oftentimes, like, we can do a lot of therapy or, like, know in our brain, like, what we want to do differently, but my body, right, isn't lining up with what I'm thinking. So I can have good awareness that I don't want to snap at my kids, but then I'm just finding myself screaming at them, mm-hmm. right? And so that would be sort of a fight response that's, like, a little bit... um. Uh, active. (laughs) So we can learn and recognize how we're showing up so we can bring our body into more regulation so that things are working really well. So I can get mad and come out of getting mad, right? Or I can feel nervous and come out of being nervous. I'm not getting stuck or trapped in any one state because, you know, when I'm in a survival state when my body is sensing danger. Right. And even just the chronic stress that we're all living in, given the world that we live in, you know, there's, you know, every time you turn on the news and you're listening to what's happening everywhere, like, or we're, you know, in conversations about this hardship or the shootings or, or what's going on in other places and other countries, like we're living in a very heavily saturated stress induced environment right now so even if we don't necessarily feel stressed out all the time we're saturating in that in different ways and so our body is then producing these chemicals adrenaline and cortisol because it's sensing that there's danger and it's gathering and getting ready to protect us and our bodies aren't designed to be constantly um expanding those chemicals. And that's what starts to break down our systems that over an extended period of time, then is what causes depression. It causes cancer, autoimmune illnesses, all the things I know we're here to talk about preventing. (laughs) Um, and that starts with, from my lens, really helping the nervous system come back into more healthy, coherent regulation.
0: Yes. And so if we're looking at this as well, from the lens of like corporate business entrepreneurs, we're looking at it as like, let's say that um, there was a situation with, as you were working your way up, there was somebody in a place of management above you that was themselves totally dysregulated in their nervous system and always getting mad at you, always micromanaging on you, all of this stuff. And then you tell yourself when I get into that position, I'm not going to be that way, but you may become reactive on the other side because that has imprinted something in your nervous system. Exactly. It can affect the way you are a leader.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It can affect, let's say that earlier in your career as well, you made a mistake in a deal. Yeah. And that can still sit with you every time you would do a deal in your future. You may be moving up in your career, but you also may find that there's certain deals you're not closing and there's certain deals you are closing. Yes.
1: yes, Love and these examples. Yeah.
0: So that's where you're knowing that, oh, I need to deal with that the way that that affected my nervous system, because we do yeah. think things quite often as these big traumas, but they're not. Or I also have a situation as well with a, a colleague where um, and this happened to a lot of people during COVID where they had to lay off a lot of people. Yeah. That alone is traumatic that you worked high up in a business. You had all of these people working under you and you now had to lay them off that now moving forward since COVID, there are some people that are putting so much on their plate because they don't want to bring in more staff because they don't want to have to let them go again because they're sitting in with that. Exactly. Exactly. So there's all these ways that we can start looking at this with business, with corporate as to how these can be affecting you from actually moving forward in your career. I love that. And I think a lot of the times in some of those examples you're
1: giving, we don't even recognize that's happening. It's just, we're not closing certain deals and we're closing others. And then we can get in the like, what's wrong and why is this happening? And I don't understand. And oft, you know, always there is sort of a patterning that's underneath that, that's then sort of facilitating those behaviors or those those patterns.
0: Yeah. As well, expectations we put on ourselves at the beginning Mm -hmm. of careers as well is that, okay, I need to perform this way. I need to do this. And so I need to work and work and work and work and work to achieve that. And once you've achieved it, instead of taking a step back and going, okay, now I've really I'm actually more efficient in things. I'm 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 better at getting my, you know, my KPIs. I'm, I'm better at getting in what is being asked of me. I'm I'm getting my numbers in everything is showing, but that nervous system has been trained that you need to work at that pace and work at that direction to keep the same stats. When in fact, what you're doing is filling a lot of that time now with busy work that actually isn't helping your KPIs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? So- yeah. That's where as well, really diving into understanding how this nervous system works. Yes. With what I do, as we were talking before this, is that's where I love tracking the HRV Mm. and stress where your stress tolerance is too, because we can start seeing when you go into certain deals, we'll notice that your HRV like, well, especially with the whoop band where they track your stress monitor, you can actually track your stress at moments in time. Hmm. You can find even with, let's even say a diver, certain dives their, their HRV doesn't go up. Right. Right. One dive does. Yeah. Oh, it's that dive that is causing that nervous system to cause. So we can also find out at work if if your stress markers going up, if it's when you're around certain people, if it's when you're doing a certain task, if it's when you're working on a certain project, if it's when you're doing a deal. We can be like, oh, this is where we need to be focusing on because this is what the data is showing us.
1: Yeah, love that.
0: Yeah. So with that, then, so we 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 have this good foundation of the nervous system, but there's something else that you said in your story as well, and that was about where people are being stuck. You said that there's that freeze almost where people come sometimes stop, but there's that one where people work and work and work. They start doing more. They do the busy almost too. Cause the nervous system just feels it needs to be on all the time. So what does that look like to different careers? So can you yeah. give three of the careers of people you work with? I know you had mentioned lawyers, I believe did yeah. you state real estate, real estate. Yeah. Lawyer
1: and yeah and corporate or I work with teachers, um, you know, people who are running just running their own businesses.
0: Yeah, let's do lawyer real estate and corporate. What would each of those look like? So somebody that um let's do like investment broker or something. Um, let's do each of those. What would that look like when their nervous system is dysregulated and it's showing and overworking? What things, what habits or behaviors or things do you feel that they would be doing? sure and
1: i i would say all three all three of of those are going to show up very very similarly it's not feeling like you can stop and this is part of our bodies have learned or nervous systems have learned because they're not stopping that stopping isn't um safe that stopping that pausing that rest is actually dangerous to the system so with all three of those pro- profiles it's st- starting to look at how to help the body feel safe or safer in the rest in order to create those spaces. So for all three of those, I see not being able to stop, Constantly checking email, constantly having the phone and being on the phone. When you have downtime, you're still on your phone, or you're just checking in real quick with a client. Feeling like you're trying to be present with your families or your friends or your partner, and you just can't stop thinking about that one deal that's gonna, you know, come back up on a mo- on the Monday, or I'm just gonna write that one more email saying that you're (laughs) scheduling in downtime and then not being able to get yourselves to actually follow through with that. So I have, um, clients where, you know, who might work out of a home and this is something, you know, especially with when COVID happened, figuring out, how do we like actually set the boundary and turn it off? So feeling unsettled when you're, um, resting or trying to rest. So feeling anxious or nervous or jittery, um, My husband's a beautiful example. He's not any of those high power jobs, but he can't stop doing yard work. Mm -hmm. Like he'll be home and it's his day off and he's just not stopping. So, so filling the time with other things that are active and, you know, or mentally active that then also are taxing. Other other things that I see also would be sleep concerns, like not being able to feel like you get a good night's sleep, having trouble falling asleep, or once you fall asleep, getting up five or six times in the night, gut issues, um, feeling like you're not able to digest food, um, skipping meals, um, you know, running on coffee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) coffee and no time to eat. And no time to eat. But you can go out of your office and you can go and get a coffee and come yeah. back. Up. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so those are some of the, some of the things that and I, see.
0: something you said brought back memories as well of when I used to work at the gym Yeah, and I have all these high level clients and they're like cycling or like cycling, yes. crazy amounts of cycling, which, in one hand, sounds really good, but not taking into account that they're never, ever, ever giving their bodies rest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where too, I love the trackers because I can look at it and be like, "You had no not activity yeah, time." Yeah. Like you can <laughs> track, right. like, like I don't look at the calories or any of those yeah. things, but I look at their active time, and I'm like, "You're you had like you were up for 18 hours and you had 18 hours of active time." Yeah. <laughs> You know, yes, and yes, they're like, oh, yeah. but I was, but I was doing what I'm told. I was doing my stress thing. I went for a long cycle. I'm like, oh, how long was it? Oh, 150 kilometers. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you're like, okay, you went for a 150k ride. Did you fuel yourself before then? Did you fuel after during? How was it during the day? Did you like also get your heart rate up during the day? Like what happened? And you can start looking at that and breaking yeah. it down. Instead of seeing like, cause you can see that stress marker and it's all up there. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, but it was all good stress. Right,
1: right. And I think that's a really important point because when we're, stuck in that pattern when our body doesn't know anything different it's going to do everything in its power to make sure you stay highly active and have a lot of output so at the beginning when we're starting to look at this stuff and starting to be in reflection you have to really intentionally interrupt (laughs) like yourself from going to the gym for doing you know can we do a you know, a half hour ride to get a little bit of the sweat flowing, and then be, you know, and then see if you can take a, a hot tub or get in the shower and like, you know, giving yourself the down regulation. So we can start to train that in your, train that in your system.
0: Right. And like we talk about it too, the nervous system is being like a muscle where the more yeah. you work, the stronger it gets, the quicker it is. Absolutely. But that stress nerve, that even though yes, it's a lot of good stress, you're closing deals, you're making money, you're building and scaling and growing this business and and you're doing these like 150K bike rides and you're pushing your heart and getting your blood pumping. Yeah, that's amazing. But think of how strong now that nervous system is. And where's your resting system? Have you done any training on that resting nerve? Right. And if you can't, then how is that resting nerve not going to be overpowered in your sleep? Right.
1: And I would also add too, and you're, you're compromising your potential by yeah. not interrupting the cycle and being able to be in the rest cycle as well, because we're not designed to be 100% of the time, 100% on output. That's yeah. not how our bodies are. We're cyclical beings.
0: So you work with high level athletes and this is great. Yes. Because we can think it's fascinating how we don't translate this from like Corporate pushing, growing, and scaling a business to a, a pro athlete. Yeah, a pro athlete <laughs> pushed yeah. and pushed and pushed. Always was training. Always was training. Wasn't getting enough fuel for their for themselves. Wasn't getting enough sleep. Where would your pro athlete be? Not a pro, right? <laughs> be getting on that podium. So, what would you like? What? Percent. I know you can't really say percentage. I don't know how to. You can help me word this better. Sure. But what balance would you be between being in that stress nerve training Mm -hmm. to their highest potential so that they peak during competition and rest and recovery? And what is rest and recovery? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. And I think
1: it varies from athlete to athlete and how old people are and you know what schedules are like, but. It, in general for everyone, whether or not you're like a you know a high <laughs> high powered um, entrepreneur or you're a high powered athlete, we're having to as a culture and society,
0: retrain our ability to rest we just froze we froze. There we go. There we go. We're back. All right. Great.
1: So go again. Yeah. So, so whether or not you're, you know, in corporate or you're an athlete, we're all having to, as a, as a society retrain our systems to to rest, to be okay with rest, to see that as value. And so starting what I start a lot with my athletes, whether they're pro or whether you're 15 is rest is a part of training. Rest is doing rest is active. There's a, our parasympathetic response in our nervous system, which is the rest mechanism in our system is doing something. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's we can't have expansion without contraction and so if we're expand 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 or do more and more train more train more train you know or in the you know corporate role i'm going from house to house to house to house and oh i'm going to just show houses on the weekend too and you know and not stop i'm going to crash i'm going to get sick my body is going to stop me and with athletes what happens is they get injured or they get sick And, and so it's finding that just right combination. And I'm in with, with both groups of people, it's really looking at and building awareness around like, what is your body actually doing? And what does my body feel like when I am training well, and I'm pushing it hard? It's, it's nuanced. And there's a fine line between overtraining and training like hard and intensely because I'm a competitive athlete, but we can get really savvy at learning the body cues and the sensations that our system is communicating and starting to look at that line. And it's a lot of trial and error around, oh, I pushed it too much. I'm feeling it the next day. I work a lot with runners, um, a lot of runners who are navigating eating disorder issues. And so, right, we're looking at that just right combination of making sure you're fueling so you're not dying on the run and making sure you're having recovery and you're refueling afterwards and building in that rest. And if you feel like you're going to pass out and take a nap, We want to look at like what happened there, and did I not fuel enough the day before, and did I not sleep, and where is that stuff coming from? So, in general, making sure that you're not training seven days a week. Yeah, right. And I can't tell you how many. I mean, and this is a problem that starts young. I work a lot with ages fourteen to twenty-two. Mm -hmm. And in that age range, like like we're really conditioning kids to that. They're lazy if they stop or they're, you know, something's wrong with them if they're in in pain and they need to just push through and train through. And that's not how we're going to make really strong athletes or mentally healthy adults. Mm -hmm. That's we're teaching them how to override their bodies and ignore what's showing up. And what I found is that when we actually can really align and know what my body is doing, I then can make good choices around creating spaces for rest. I love um, as an active recovery, the melt method, which is a modality that works with um, these little tiny rubber balls and very soft foam rollers. And it's hydrating your connective tissue and it's bringing in rebalance directly into the system so that you don't have to like meditate your way to regulate your nervous system. You can like do a thing. And it's great for us chronic doers who can't stop or have trouble interrupting because you get on the roller and you do the thing and then your body and your tissues feel really nice. So melt is something that I'll bring in a lot with For athletes or even these profiles that we're talking about in terms of entrepreneurs and CEOs and real estate folks, being able to have something, a tool, it doesn't have to be meld. It really can be anything that you know helps your body settle. We're bringing those things in so that you can start to experience what rest actually feels like and then experience what your productivity feels like when you build in rest. Because once you get a
0: taste of that, you don't go back. <laughs> yes. So there's so much gold in there. Okay. <laughs> so basically what you are saying is an athlete cannot get on a podium without rest. And so why do we expect that a CEO, a you know, high corporate America should be able to have the focus, the power, the the, the performance ability without ever giving themselves rest. Exactly. And I think what's really important
1: there is that the fact that we expect ourselves to have access to really good ideas and high focus and being able to not stop without rest is ludicrous because it's not how our body is designed. And you can't ignore the fact that we're living in an organism. (laughs) This body is designed in a particular way. And for me, when I first started my business as a new entrepreneur, I found myself in the same cycle very quickly that I was when I was at the school. I started to say yes to everything. People were inviting me to teach. They're inviting me to do this. I was seeing a million clients. I said yes to being on boards. And then all of a sudden, a year and a half in, I was like, oh my God, what did I do to myself? Right? Right? And I wasn't optimizing my ability to perform in my business. And then I spent the next couple of years releasing everything. And what I found is when I harness my cycle, when I actually build in rest, when I allow myself to work till one in the morning, when I'm in a creative spurt, but then I give myself rest, right? When I'm harnessing the cycle, I then um, am doing way more work than I ever could. I'm whole, I'm homeschooling. I'm running my business. I'm running my home. I'm holding all these pieces and I'm not getting sick and yeah. my body's not collapsing in the way that it used to because of prioritizing the rest and the
0: active care for our nervous system absolutely and so there's a book that 10 times not two times <laughs> um
1: i don't know that one. by
0: darren benjamin hardy and um dan sullivan and it talks about too that when you're going for these really big goals if you actually have a 10 times dream of what, like, what do you want to be like? So for, this could be like an Olympic dream for a 15 year old that maybe it's like five years away for the Olympics, but that's their dream. If they actually start thinking about what do I need to do to be an Olympic athlete, then they start doing those habits now. Yeah. Yeah. 80% of the stuff that they were doing, it'd be like, mm, that wouldn't get, won't get me to the Olympics this won't. So you start paring it down. So for me in my business as well, I find this fascinating was that I had my kids in school. I had to pull. So last year, my, we're actually finished just a school year. So the school year before I was getting calls all the time to come get my son from school. It was a mess. And so I was trying to work, trying to figure him out and all of that stuff that I eventually just pulled him out Tuesdays and Thursdays. I knew that I had Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And then this year he was out full time. Yeah. So, okay. I need to scale down this business stuff. Yes. And I'm like, what is my 10 times goal? And I started thinking about, oh, Well, that's my 10 times goal. I, in all of this time that I was home Monday to Friday, nine to three, was doing this, 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 and this. And I'm like, but those aren't really going to get me to really what's going to be getting my clients what they need. Hmm. And that that I pared down all of these things that I was doing and I'm working half the hours and my business is succeeding better than it was when I was doing double the hours. So mm-hmm. sometimes we just get in these things where we're thinking and, and going so far ahead. Right. And then I'm homeschooling and I'm more active and present with my kids then. And now my second son is joining us this year coming because homeschooling has really, really come a long way. It's phenomenal. Awesome. Um, but it's just fascinating how, yes, when we really stop and dial in on are all of these things that we're doing really getting us to our goal? Like, are they really? Right. Right. And paring that down. And so onto another thing that you are saying, well, but that, that line between overtraining and undertraining that's into where I love tracking HRV. Yes. You should, after a very, very tough workout or after a very, very productive day that is working on those 10 times things that I'm saying, not the two times, not just, but if you are really in a big negotiation or a big deal or working on like a huge project with somebody your HRV should take a hit yeah doesn't matter mental or physical the thing is is does your HRV go up the next day Mm -hmm. with a workout and this can be anybody working out in on the whoop they have green yellow and red and if you get into you should get into the yellow or red after a tough workout day. And that's too with, you should know you have tough workout days. There's other days that you do a workout and it should still keep you in the green. So if you go down into that yellow or even into a red, if it was like maybe your main event day, Mm -hmm. might go into the red. But how many days does it take you to get back into that green? Yeah. If you are, if it's taking you, if you are doing a really big deal and you get into the red, and it takes you three, four, five days to get back into the green, then that means that there were other things that like your system, your nervous system was so taxed before even going into there that it couldn't even recover. Yes. So that's where I like love these trackers for performance because we can yes. really dialing in and then we know, ooh, we need to be adding these other tools in here. So the yes. tools like you were saying with Melt or, and and that's the thing you were saying as well with Rest, rest doesn't have to be sitting on the couch watching tv and for some people that's their thing it's so not mine i'm like you i'm an active i'm a doer it will be for me breathing i don't do the meditative the breathing i do is tactical circle squares triangles right. working on the focus doing the carbon dioxide tolerance it's still a tactical exercise yeah. but i'm down regulating no phones if you're in the ice bath no phones no tablets right. no when you're doing the melt you're not staring at emails right Right. so you can still be actively resting yes and working that nervous system um but you're not on your phone you're not doing work separating yourself from that
1: yeah. Cause I would say with the phones, they're stimulated, the phones are even watching TV. And again, I, I mean, I love a good rest on a couch and, and watch TV. You're still stimulated. We're still mm-hmm. taking in the information through our central nervous system, through our eyes, and it's still active in our brain and <laughs> in, in a way. And so those rest, um, activities that are screenless, like even a gentle walk out you know, gentle walk outside. I'm a shower. I love getting in the shower <laughs> It's for me is like, you know, cause I can close the door for my kids, the two kids, um, yeah. you know, it's a happy place for me or a bath, not in my home, but I'll take a bath in other places, but, you know, picking things that, aren't going to, you know, make you crazy or feel like you're calling out of your skin, but that are, you know, slow enough, that's going to give you even a little bit. And that's the stepping stone for those of you who are listening, who are like, oh, I can't even like, you know, sit and watch TV or I can't even sit and scroll on my phone. I have to just be doing, you know, taking a walk right without your phone. And, you know, and, and looking out in nature, like doing something with that, with your body, that's not cycling until you're
0: sweating bullets, but gentle, gentle movement. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just so fascinating. And, and there's something you said as well. that just came is sometimes we have that guilt Mm -hmm. of rest or guilt of sleep because we have been conditioned that that's laziness. Yes. And that's where I like the trackers too is because we start seeing when you get your sleep, HRV goes up, which is mm. your focus, your ability to be productive, your ability to have more energy and be calmer and yes. really solve problems, micromanage less, do all of these things that when you're getting that, um, you're getting the sleep, you're getting the first two thirds of deep, last two thirds of REM, you know you're not sleep deprived when that's happening as well and your hrv is going up that when you track it you're like oh this is actually helping my business that it this is helping my family relationships this is helping me present with my kids and you start seeing that data it takes the guilt sometimes out of going to bed a little earlier yes computer away and as you said too, like devices it can take one to two hours for your melatonin to then kick in after you've stopped looking at any screens, TVs, devices, anything. Yeah. Blue yeah. light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Sarah, I think we could talk about this forever. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is one thing that we did not cover that you feel needs to be touched on?
1: I think for, for anyone listening who is wanting like really to like just a starting point with this kind of information who might have just started to listen to you and just started to track all of this, or is feeling like they can't stop. One of the things that I start with, with clients that I just want to offer is like a takeaway that you can do at home is just starting to notice some of the, the main ways that our nervous system communicates to us. And so my favorite ones are noticing when I have to go to the bathroom because we all go to the bathroom all the time, but how many of us are overriding that instinct? Just one more meeting. I'm just going to make it through the end of this movie. I'm just going to, I'm just going to drive here and then come home. But can, can we start to acknowledge and, and really be in allowing our body to have the communication and then following through that's where some of this repair comes in. So I usually start with bathroom and then also um, food, noticing like if you're hungry, like starting to recognize hunger, hunger cues. A lot of people that I start working with initially just like is are completely cut off from like that those real body signals that are happening, particularly around food. So, you know, noticing that. And, um, and then the third one would be sleep resting when we're tired or pausing when we're tired. And I know when we're feeling busy, or we're feeling like we're caught in the hamster wheel in the cycle, it can feel hard to follow through with those things but just the recognizing of them at first like oh i actually have to pee (laughs) oh okay like even if you don't then go to the bathroom but starting to notice that really can help bridge with some of the data pieces that we're talking about with the tracking like then we can start to really build in um more health in the system by by observing what's actually just happening in our bodies
0: yeah no, that was great. I love that. That's an amazing spot to end on. I love it. So how can people find you? We will absolutely, you, you gave me, you gave me so many great links and, and information. I love it. Everything is in the show notes Yeah, great. for every, anybody who is listening, who wants to go right now. Um, where can they find you? Yeah. So I have two websites, um, Sarah Vittori.com.
1: Sarah doesn't have an H and that's my somatic coaching website that has my offers on there for one-on-one work. And I have some retreats on there for individuals and couples to come and do a lot of like training your body to have the spaciousness. So (laughs) those are my favorite. And then you can also find me for my sports work and more of the performance focused work at peakperformwithsarah.com.
0: Amazing. All right. And there are other links as well. Sarah has them all down in the show notes. So definitely go and check those out. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We so appreciate you. My links as well are in the show notes below. If you would like to work with me, there is a link to book a call, 15 minute call, just for us to see how well we would work together. um, And then to talk about next steps, everything is in the show notes. So definitely go ahead. Don't forget to like and follow this podcast as well as any of the social media or um, information that Sarah has provided as well. That's how more people are able to find us. And we so appreciate you for that. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode.